What is this heart that the scripture keeps talking about? So many verses have to do with the heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. The crucible is for silver. The furnace is for gold. But Adonai tests the heart. I will write my Torah on their hearts. Everything has to do with the heart. The heart is deceptive above all else. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What is he talking about? What is this heart? And what does it have to do with us? After all, what we call heart is simply a muscle that pumps blood throughout the entire body and keeps it alive. What does that have to do with anything? That's just a muscle. There's nothing in it. There's nothing on it. Except blood, of course. Blood, oxygen, nutrients for the body. But that's about it. But see, the heart that is referred to in the scriptures is not a physical muscle in your body, but the spiritual heart of your soul. See, if you would make a comparison between the spiritual and the physical, you could say that the heart is the nucleus in the cell of your soul. Much like in your physical body, inside of every cell, there is a nucleus, and inside of that nucleus, there is a strain of DNA, which is the genetic code that makes up your body. You could say, out of the abundance of the DNA, the body is formed. After all, what is your body, if not a manifestation of its genetic code? You have a recipe, you put it together, you get the cake. Your body doesn't make itself the way it wants to be made. It follows whatever genetic code is written inside of it. And that is how it gets manifested. If you change your DNA, well, you're going to change your body. All of a sudden you have blue eyes instead of brown. You have a bigger nose instead of a smaller one. You're taller. Everything has to do with your DNA. Now, given when it comes to the physical, there are other aspects that influence your body, something we call acquired properties. If you get injured, you have some scars, you get influenced by an outside radiation or a burn, things that don't fully heal. And they do fall into two categories because you have those that merely manifest themselves on the outside, such as cuts and stitches and things of that nature, and then you have those that actually do alter your DNA, such as radioactive radiation, and those things can be passed on to future generations as well. But still, when the body is formed initially, it is an exact manifestation of the genetic code that makes you. And if you truly want to examine someone and know what they're made of, 
you look up their DNA. You get a blood sample and you analyze it. See, we should add to the phrase I said earlier, the crucible for silver, the furnace for gold, the laboratory for your genetic code, and Adonai tests the DNA of your soul. Now that is something that you can understand. Because out of the abundance of the DNA of our soul is who we are, how we speak, how we think, how we act. Everything that is manifested comes from within. When God made everything, this physical universe, what we call everything, it's not everything, but it is as far as we're concerned, Everything is made up of atoms, which are in themselves made up of subatomic particles, which of themselves are made of something smaller that we don't fully understand yet. But if you keep going down and down and down, it's pretty much an infinite chasm, when eventually you just get to something so small that it's just everywhere and there's no boundaries. See, in your soul, you have a DNA, you can zoom in and find what you are really made of deep down. See, if you keep zooming deep down, deep down, deep down, you'll find the Spirit of God, which is everywhere, because we are all made from God. God is everything. And yet, God is not just everything. He is also Himself. People say the universe is God. No, no, the universe is not God. See, God owns, and He is the universe, but the universe is not God, because God is bigger than the universe. The universe is just a physical manifestation of a portion of his spirit. See, we say often that all priests are Levites, but not all Levites are priests. And it's the same principle. Everything that exists here is a part of God, the energy and matter, which really makes up everything. But not all of God is energy and matter. You get what I'm saying? Your soul is made of God. But, much like matter, when you start zooming out, you can start seeing the separation that you couldn't have seen before. But when you go up in tears, you start seeing the individuality that really makes you, you, a portion of a spiritual genetic code that compounds who you are. Now, when God said, I will write Torah on their hearts, what did he mean? Exactly what I've been telling you. To write it on your sub-atomic level, in a way. To write it on your spiritual genetic code, in the very depth of your soul. Not on your intellect. Not something high up there that you can understand intellectually and know and speak. But on a much deeper level that it's automatic. It's just who you are. It is automatically being manifested without corruption, without change, identical to the source, so that you live it out naturally and carry out his principles of selfless love, which really is the character of God. Selfless love, not selfish love, not about me, 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 but selfless, about the whole the collective, about Adonai, Elohim. You notice Elohim is plural. 
It's not singular. Eloha is singular. Elohim is plural. Before we were, God was. He said, I am. I am that I am. Let us make man. Who is us? The plurality of God. How can God be loving and compassionate unless he has somebody to love and be compassionate to? See, those are attributes that you can only truly have if you can express them outwardly. How can you be loving if you have nothing to love? Think about that. But God in his own plurality already is static. He doesn't grow, he doesn't shrink, he just is. And Adonai wanted us to become extensions of him, to be like him. But we have become corrupt by outside influences, such as the people in Chernobyl who had their DNA altered by the excessive nuclear radiation. He is no longer identical to the original code. And that's the problem with us. We've lost that original purity, that original design. We have become corrupt. And that is why Adonai sent Yeshua. See, the Torah told us what to do, but we couldn't get ourselves to do it. There's nothing wrong with the Torah. It just, it's perfect, and we're not. What does the Torah say? I started this podcast. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. But how can you do that? You can't. Because in order for you to love God, Adonai, with all your heart, you have to be able to rewire your heart, to influence your heart, to change, to operate a surgical operation deep in your spirit on the very genetic code that makes you you. And we just don't have that ability. Yet, it is necessary. It's the only way to live. It's the only way for life. You have to love your maker. But we cannot get ourselves to do it. And that is why Yeshua came. Yeshua came to atone for us, for our sins, first to pay off that debt, so then he can help us get back to where we need to be with the works of the Ruach HaKodesh, God's Holy Spirit, which is holy, that comes to make us holy by slowly changing our genetic code, fixing our impurities, fixing our corrupt code, so that we could once again be united, be one with the source, because we will be identical in our source code, in our genome of the spirit. No matter how you look at it, we have to love Adonai with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might. And when you truly think about it, what does it mean? See, if you truly love Adonai with all of your heart, with everything, every nucleotide of your spiritual DNA, that means there is nothing else. There is nothing left that is not in love with God. And that includes, by the way, you. You yourself. If you truly love Adonai with all of your heart, you cannot also be a lover of yourself. As we know in the latter days, people are, and they sure are today. Think about that for a moment, and see if you can understand what I'm telling you. When Adonai created us, we were not created for ourselves, we were created for him, to be extensions of him. He said, let us make man in what? In our image, 
in our likeness, not something separate that worship itself. See, Adonai does not worship himself. He is very meek and humble. God is meek. He is slow to anger, full of compassion, full of grace, loving, just. Adonai is perfect in all of his ways. And we were created to be like him, to focus on the other, to focus on the entirety, on the spirit, on the collective, not on ourselves. And that's really the problem, that ever since we fell into sin, we were born in the image of God, without the knowledge of God, and we see ourselves separated from God, because our sins have caused a separation, as Isaiah said. We see ourselves as someone different, and we start worshipping the self. We start exalting ourselves, looking out for ourselves, building a name for ourselves, collecting treasures for ourselves. You get what I'm telling you? If you truly love Adonai with all of your heart, as you ought to, if you truly are a follower, if you are a believer, if you want to keep the Torah in its entirety, you cannot be lover of self. Now, do not get the second commandment confused with the first when God said, love your neighbor as yourself. It does not mean that you love your God as you love yourself. It means that you love your neighbor as yourself, meaning you do not exalt yourself above your neighbor because you realize that you and your neighbors are merely extensions of God. But remember, first is love the Lord with all your heart, and you only love your neighbor and yourself because you love God and belong to Him. So, if you truly love the Lord with all your heart, think about it. If God makes you, and it is His God-like particle that dwells in you, if you truly love God, well, God loves Himself. And therefore, he loves you because you are created in his image and you are a part of him. So therefore, you love your neighbor as you love yourself because you love God. It's not a separate love from loving God, Adonai. No, you love yourself because you love Adonai. But it's not the same love. God did not say love yourself with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. That only applies for Adonai himself. Loving yourself is equivalent to being kind to yourself, accepting yourself as you are, and improving, providing for yourself, looking after yourself, giving yourself good food, good words, good spiritual exercise. You take care of yourself. If you're hungry, you feed yourself. If you're tired, you give yourself some rest, same as you would do to your neighbor. He didn't say love your neighbor with all of your heart, no. Treat them with kindness. And by the way, who is your neighbor? Remember, the Torah was only given to the people of Israel who all were included in that covenant. There was no secular Israel. Everyone in Israel was considered to be a part of that initial covenant to be followers of God, to be in that family, to be in that promise. So the neighbors are those who are in the family, not your Buddhist Neighbors, not your Canaanite friends. They're not in the promise. They're not your neighbor. He did not tell Israel, go and love the Canaanites. Go and help the Canaanites. Go and feed them. Go and take care of their animals. No. He said, if you see your brother's oxen, as a matter of fact, Israel was ordered to stay away from them. 
He said, do not mingle with them. Do not intermarry with them. Do not take their daughters. Do not do anything with them. They were godless. God said, be holy. You are my people. Stay holy. And holy means unlike the rest, meaning you cannot blend in with the rest because then you will no longer be holy. You will be like the nations, which is exactly what Israel has done in modern day. When truly you think of Israel, you think of mini America, when Israel has just mimicked all of the heathenistic practices of the United States of America. They do not love Adonai with any portion of their heart. See, I ran into a man today at a store, looked like a Hasidic Jew, black kippah on his head, twisted silocks, you know the type, white shirt, black pants. I asked him, are you a rabbi? He said, no, but why? You have a question? I said, yeah. Why do you wear a kippah? Where does that come from? He told me, oh, this is from the Gemara Mephoreshet, one of the commentaries. And I asked him, oh, so it's not in the Torah? He said, no. So I asked him, is that a mitzvah? And he told me, well, it depends how you define a mitzvah. I said, well, a mitzvah is something Adonai commanded us. Is it not? <laughs> he told me, well, yes and no. It's, it's from the oral tradition. I said, ah, so it's not a mitzvah from Adonai because it's not in the Torah. And I asked him, you, you are aware though that in Devarim chapter 4, the book of Deuteronomy, verse 2, Adonai says, do everything I have commanded you to do. Do not add to it. Do not subtract from it. Are you aware that you're adding to the commandments of God? And he started excusing himself, saying, well, you know, they, they did that for the children to get them to have a fear of heaven. I looked at him puzzled. I said, wait, so do you have a fear of God? See, he used the word heaven. I said, Adonai, not heaven. You don't need to have a fear of heaven. You need to have a fear of yod hey vav hey, the creator of heaven and all other things. But he's all over the place. And anyway, he started going all around, avoiding my question. I told him, you haven't answered my question. Do you fear Adonai? Do you know he's right here with us? Listening to your every thought, watching your every move, your every deed? You don't even fear Adonai. Do you not know that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? So basically, you know nothing. All of your Gemara, all of your commentary, all of those things you claim to know, you know nothing because you don't even fear the Lord. See, if you feared the Lord, you would do what he says. <laughs> Adonai said, do not add, do not subtract. Why are you doing that? But it all comes back to not loving Adonai with all of his heart. And I can see right through him because Adonai, Father, gave me spiritual insight, spiritual revelation. The kind of things that only come from the Father. You cannot get it from reading the scripture. You cannot get it from a Bible study. You can't even get it from a baptism or a laying of hands as you read in the book of Acts. Remember, don't think just because somebody laid their hands on you, you got the Holy Spirit. No, that was just an expression of the manifestation of what was going on inside of them, which was repentance of sin and commitment to serve the Lord. Everything goes back to the heart. There's no way around it. You have to give yourself up. What did Yeshua say? Anyone who is not willing to forsake father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, everything, pick up the cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple. You have to love Adonai with all of your heart. There cannot be anyone else in your heart. Now, if God brings you someone through him, that's wonderful. 
You could love that person, but your love for that person will not be based on the person. It will be based on God. See, I love Herzl. He's my brother in the Lord. We love each other. But we love each other because we love Adonai. <laughs> we don't love each other directly. It's not a love like you would see two queer-looking guys saying, it's love. No, we're not one of those people. We love the Lord. And through our love for the Lord, we have what is called kindred spirits, much like King David and Jonathan, the son of Shaul. God knitted us together. Therefore, we have kindred spirits. But our love, again, is grounded in the Lord. I love my neighbor because my neighbor is created by God and he is a part of God's family, he's a part of God's house. If you are in a relationship with a woman, she has a daughter, well, your heart goes for the woman, not the daughter. But you treat the daughter with respect and honor and you take care of her because you love the woman. But if your heart is with the daughter and not the woman, <laughs> you're going to go to jail. <laughs> Do you get what I'm telling you? You have to love the Lord with all of your being. It has to be written so deep down inside of you and the very fundamental part of your spirit, which is your spiritual genetic code, which truly is your heart. It has to be your default, your very automatic, your very essence of who you are. The Torah has to be written on your heart. It is the only way to truly be delivered, to truly have life and enter the kingdom of God. God is not interested in anyone who does not love him. Why would he? It's his house. He doesn't need you. He has 8 billion people alive in this modern era, not to mention the rest of the hundreds of billions all throughout human history. We really have no idea how many people lived on this earth. But we're so arrogant and prideful, we think we know something, just because we have some computers and technology. Do you not realize we've only gone backwards throughout the ages? Backwards, not forward. If you take a Rubik's Cube that is completely solved, and you just start twisting it randomly, just kind of go about it, no matter how long you twist it, it's never going to get back to its original state. You're only making a mess. Because there is only one way to solve it. There are a bunch of ways to almost solve it. And there are countless ways to make it into a mess. And that is a principle in science called entropy, which means disorder. And with time, order does not grow. But it is the disorder that grows. Just look at anything. You put out an apple, is it getting better? No, it's only getting worse. Everything with time gets worse, not better. We have devolved throughout the ages, not evolved. We are much worse than we were in the original state when God created Adam and out of him, Chava. It takes an intentional effort in order for something to get better. You don't get better just sitting there or else you would be healed sitting in the waiting room for the doctor. No, you have to actively be getting better, actively study, actively exercise, actively produce new cells for your body. Nothing stale gets better, only worse. That's why the scripture says in Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the constant renewing of your mind. The world has not evolved. 
it has rejected its source, and as a phone unplugged from the power source, the battery have been draining for the last 6,000 years. We are way worse than the original state. Adam lived to be 930. Noah lived to be over 600. Even Abraham lived to be 175. They did not have soap, no antibiotics, they did not have any vaccinations. And yet, you think you've done something because you've increased your life to 80 from 40 as it was a few hundred years ago? What? You really have to humble yourself and understand that you're not all that. Just because you have what you call a consciousness that you are self-aware, does that mean you're great? The animals are not stupider than you. Just look at those birds, how they coordinated an attack on an airplane because a couple of exotic birds were crying out from the luggage, crying out for help. And a huge flock of birds covered the sky in darkness, forced the plane to crash in the oceans, and they wouldn't stop attacking because they came to the rescue of a couple of exotic birds that wouldn't stop crying for help. Birds! And you think birds are stupid? You're an idiot! Humble yourselves! You're not that much different from the animals. You're just created in the image of the creator. Therefore, you have your creator abilities. But you're not better than anyone else. <laughs> God is. You're not God. You don't even love God. You don't have the Torah written on your heart. See, the Torah it really is a full cycle. It is a complete circle. There's no way around it. If you truly have the Torah on your heart, the better you are, the more you grow, the more humility you have. You don't climb to the top and then think you're all that because you know everything. No. The more you know, the more humble you should be because you'll know there is more that you don't know. And even when you know everything, God does, with knowing everything comes perfect humility because you realize God is. He just is. And everything else that exists is a part of him. There is nothing outside of him, nothing that exists away and separate from him. Every soul, every spirit, every atom, every particle of energy. It is all a part of God. He is in absolute control of everything. He sees everything. He knows everything. And I mean everything. Does God know? Yes, everything. Present, future, and past. Everything. He knows whether you are planning to repent. And he knows whether you're going to die in your sins. And yet... With that knowledge, he still gives you the benefit of the doubt and sends preachers and teachers and prophets amongst you to rebuke you, correct you, point you on the right path out of his love for you. And also because he is just. See, and with just comes judgment. Because if you do what is right, what is good, what he says, which is the word of God, what he says, right, the Torah, it's what he says. If you do what he says, you'll get plentiful of rewards. After all, God made us to love us, not to kill us. He says, I have good plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. But if you do not do what he says, you can count on him to judge you and destroy you. And not destroy you in the sense that he's going to hurt you, but by letting you face the consequences of your actions and your choices. After all, the wages of sin is death. And you chose to sin. God did not force you. Nobody forced that fruit 
of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, into Adam's mouth? No, he chose to do it. Why? Because he did not love the Lord with all his heart, all his soul, all his might. He had the Torah on his heart, he knew it, but he didn't have the love. And that makes all the difference. You can know everything. You can go to Bible studies all of your life. You can grow up in a yeshiva. Memorize the scripture A to Z. All, all of it. And yet, still not love Adonai with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Which really reminds us of the story of the young rich ruler that came to Yeshua and told him, Good teacher. And Yeshua said, Why do you call me good? Only God is good. See, even Yeshua recognized he is in his fleshful nature and therefore he is not good. Only the spirit of God, which is pure, is 100% good. But anyway, he told him, I've kept all the mitzvahs since my childhood. What else do I need to do in order to be saved and enter the kingdom? And Yeshua told him straight up, he said, sell everything you got and give to the poor. Why? Because even though he has done everything, checked the box on everything, he didn't have the heart. He did not love Adonai with all his heart, all his soul, all his might. And without it, you can never be truly saved. Because that is the very essence of salvation. You are saved by love, saved by grace, saved by being repentant and actually loving your Father, your Maker, your God. Hallelujah. So love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's it. If you do that, everything else will follow. If you do not do that, nothing else matters. Don't worry about the mitzvot. Don't worry about your tzitzit, your mezuzah, your kosher, your pardon, your sexual immorality. If you do not love Adonai with everything you got, nothing else matters. You are not going to be delivered. You are going to die in your sins. Hallelujah. Love of my life, the Lord is my wife. My God is my friend, and I'm yours till the end. You are my rock, my source and my luck. I love you, O oh Lord, you my umbilical code. Yeshua, I love you so. Yeshua, I will never let go. Yeshua, I love you so. Yeshua, I will never let go. You are my light, my joy and my might. Without you, O oh Lord, I'd rather die by the sword. Yeshua, I love you so. Yeshua, I will never let go. Hallelujah, Yeshua, I love you so. Yeshua, I will never let go. Light of the world, Yeshua is Lord. You were once in the flesh, but forever the world. You are my hope, you my spiritual soap. I love you, my God. Please let me be in your squad. Yeshua, I love you so. Yeshua, I will never let go. Hallelujah, Yeshua, I love you so. Yeshua, 
I will never let go When you made up the sky You alone wondered why The man in your image tries to fight, wants to die But not so with I Your love I cannot deny I love you my God Forever I am your guy Yeshua I love you so Yeshua I will never let go Hallelujah Yeshua I love you so Yeshua I will never let go Creator of all The earth is your bouncing ball You made every creation From the big to the small The stars in the sky And the electrons that fly There is nothing too hard For you are truly your God Yeshua I love you so Yeshua I will never let go Hallelujah Yeshua I love you so Yeshua I will never let go I worship you Lord For you deserve an award There is no one else like you We were made by your word Hale, hallelujah Hale, hallelujah Hale, hallelujah Hale, hallelujah